Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what'd you think? All right, let's um, four. let's start talking about chapter four. So I thought it was, and I wonder what you think about this. I thought it was the most subtle chapter and probably the most difficult mm. to understand on a first reading, maybe because he's basically, you know, explaining his ascent from the slavery of his adolescence. In a way that yeah. I think is very important to him. That's very subtle, very hard to understand, I think. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I, I When I was reading it, I, I, I thought back to Dubliners a bit because, I mean, with Dubliners, we talked about like the epiphanatic storytelling. Um, and that kind of felt, that, you know, that, that kind of light touch when it comes to the epiphany itself. Um, kind of felt, yeah, that felt reminiscent of Dubliners, maybe even more so. Um, and yeah, it makes sense that as, uh, Stephen grows older, the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the movements of his mind and, and spirit kind of become, you know, uh, less, less straightforward, um, more, more, you know, complicated, more, uh, abstract as he gets more abstract. Yeah. So let's talk about the beginning when it's kind of per usual right after our previous chapter. He's still uh, explaining how the doctrine is everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he has this whole system of like different days devoted to different. um, Every morning he hallowed himself anew in the presence of some holy image or mystery. Tuesdays for the Guardian Angels, Wednesday St. Joseph, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he goes to morning mass. The raw morning air wetted his resolute piety. Um, and so yeah, he's, he's, he's extended from, from, from the last, from the retreat in chapter three. Um, and yeah, there, there's, there's a, a kind of, um, I mean, yeah, openly he, he talks about like mortification of the senses. The world for all its solid substance and complexity no longer existed for his soul, save as a theorem of divine power and love and universality. So entire, so sorry, sorry, so entire and unquestionable was the sense of the divine meaning in all nature granted to his soul that he could scarcely understand why it was in any way necessary that he should continue to live. Um, yeah, this is openly, um, you know, the, the, the idea of, you know, uh, I I don't know how you resolve it really in, in Christianity that, you know, when you have such a, um, I mean, we don't need to resolve it here, but when you have, you you know, uh, an afterlife that's perfect, you know, a perfect congregation with your Godhead, Mm -hmm. um, like and, and 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 people openly talk. It's one of the consolations of Christianity that you know, death and the afterlife are better than life. Um, and then there's this whole paragraph about mortification of the senses. I don't know how you live in this world as a Christian. Um, really, uh, I, 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 there's there's a uh, vacuum of meaning on, on Earth when it's just you know a, a test a test run for the afterlife. And he has this whole paragraph of like mortifying the sense. He would like cover his eyes or like cast his eyes down as he walked through the street. And especially like, uh, 
uh, his sense of touch. It, it, it was the mortification of touch that he brought the most assiduous ingenuity of invent- inventiveness. He never consciously changed his position in bed, sat in the most uncomfortable position, suffered patiently every itch and pain, kept away from the fire, remained on his knees all through Mass except at the Gospels, left parts of his neck and face undried so that his, so that air might sting them, and whenever he was not saying his beads, carried his arms stiffly at his side like a runner and never in his pockets or clasped behind him. Yeah, there's a kind of like, uh, I mean, d- deadening of the of, of the human body. That's mortification is just, uh, mortification of the senses. That's just another word for, for deadening. Um, and yeah, we, we don't necessarily need to have some, some argument about what uh, Christianity implies about life on this earth, but uh, at least for Stephen Daedalus, uh, his resolute piety means a kind of um, deaden, like like a conscious effort to deaden the human body on this earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you made me think too of something someone said to me one time about hell being a real place. And if I really believe that, or if whoever believes that, how are you able to reconcile the fact that you don't spend every waking moment <laughs> warning people mm. about it? You know, and yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of the opposite. Well, why, yeah, why are people, you know, doing their taxes when they should be, you know, right. warning the IRS, send the IRS person a letter about their undying soul? Which yeah. is, I think, you know, all that's fair and interesting. And I also wanted to note that I think he does justice. If you are a religious person, especially if you're a Catholic who knows what this um, the writer's talking about, which I don't really fall in that category, because... Like we talked about last week, it's a lot of detail, and I think he does justice to it all. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything about the logic I mean, and the conclusion that he draws, you know, and the life that he is choosing at this point, I think it's all very understandable in light of what he believes, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and what all, all you know, at least what the people in Ireland were teaching him. So I appreciate that about the book, where I think if you're reading it and you do come to a different life conclusion, or if you just accept the mystery of what's going on in terms of all the stuff that you can't reconcile, you know, whether that be rational or not, um, Joyce is doing justice to what you believe in, I think, in the way he explains it, you know? Yeah. And which, like, uh, uh, not, in, in other words, he doesn't flippantly check. dismiss it as a lifestyle. Yeah. Which is part of the nuance. Yeah, it's very, like, lived in. It's very... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want to worry about how much is like literally autobiographical. Um, That's a good way of saying yeah, it. Feels lived lived in. In. Yeah. Um, but then. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing that I think starts to turn his mind is he keeps getting temptations, no matter what. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like he realizes this is never going to end. And. He also has this weird thing where he notices, I'm on page 165 from my book, that he has a power to undo what he got, you know, the grace that he got in the last chapter. He has the power to undo that, and that gives him this weird sense of uh, control. Like, he knows eventually he can do it, and he feels, I think, increasingly the inevitability of that happening. Um, Yeah, with the kind of, like, thin... Um, the, the surest sign that his confession had been good and that he had had sincere sorrow for his sin was he knew the emendation of his life. I have amended my life, have I not? He asked himself. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like a thin 
you know, uh, thin counter argument because he could always, you know, not, he could always unamend his life. Um, yeah, so, so his, his idea there being that, you know, obviously there's, there's some grace of God flowing through his veins because he's able to do all these, you know, mortifications. Um, but yeah, that could hypothetically, not to spoil anything, but that could be temporary. And I to go back a couple of pages, what do you think about the fact that he says, I'm at the bottom of my page 163, he had no temptations to sin mortally. And then he talks about these minor mm-hmm. sins, about being minor, irritated, yeah. irritated by people and having to deal with other people and always fighting the urge to yeah. basically yell at people, I guess, for, for being annoying. To uh, find that at the end of his course of intricate piety and self-restraint, he was so easily at the mercy of childish and unworthy imperfections. His prayers and fasts availed him little for the suppression of anger at hearing his mother sneeze. <laughs> um, yeah, so so his saintly beatitudes or whatever um, are not making him into some, you know, twenty four seven saintly figure who can uh, deal with the 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 horrifying reality of his mother sneezing <laughs> or you know something interrupting noise outside interrupting his devotions. There's a quote, he says, Um, to merge his... I think this has to do with his otherness, you know, his feeling of being superior. And he says, to merge his life in the common tide of other lives was harder for him than any fasting or prayer. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder what about that, or if, you know, we'll talk about the meeting with the priest in a minute, and maybe noticing... Well, well, the the rest of that line was, was important, too, and it was his constant failure to do this his own satisfaction, which caused in his soul at last the sensation of spiritual dryness, together with the growth of doubts and scruples. Hmm. Yeah, spiritual yeah, so dryness, he expected that he made, so Well, I guess he expected that to kind of be easier. I, yeah, I don't know. I guess what I'm getting at, at is... At some point, efficacious. You know, the end of this chapter will speak specifically to the fact that he's um, going to liberate himself to become whatever, you know, whatever's inside him, the potential that he has. And, uh, you know... I mean, the title is Portrait of the Artist, so yeah, (laughs) that's what's... We're not spoiling too much when we say... I wonder, but I wonder what what amount of it was ordinariness, like noticing how ordinary everything was, if he was to take that path, you know? Mm. How, like, uh, yeah, everything, you'd have some kind of title and some kind of... um, you yeah, just have some to kind deal of with normal uh, people all reserved the time. place. Pretend like you care. Reserved, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, ritual can can seem just like a like a boring routine, I guess. So, the next section is the director of his current school That's... awaiting him, and you know, just. To be clear, in my mind, he, he's going to the equivalent of whatever they had there of, of college before university. College being um, like junior high school. Okay, high there you school. go. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to say. I just was afraid it wasn't right. I remember we talked about it briefly, yeah. but um, something like uh, ages like eleven to eighteen ish, or okay. nine to sixteen. And we know that he's older than sixteen because sixteen was when he went to the prostitute. So he's at least sixteen. Here. Yeah. And, um, yeah. anyway, in so... In French, they still call college, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, 
it's college and then university. I like um, that. It's more romantic. Well, depending on, on where, depending on, on which, um, on which path you take. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be like, like middle school until high school. So, but he's coming up to a crossroads, and basically the choice is what is going to happen after you don't have to be in school anymore um, at this yeah. point in your life. And the director, because he's such a pious young man, and he's so mm-hmm. studious in the way that he lives his life at this uh, Catholic school. Um, is the, the prefect of the sodality of the virgin? I don't know what the hell he is. I don't understand what sodality <laughs> yeah. is. I didn't even look it up. But do you know what that means offhand? Sodality? I mean, it's an interesting word. I don't it's, know. What, it's just like a never heard like it in a conversation. Group, uh, they're just like a like a like a club, yeah, maybe. They're, they're, yeah, they're they're like the especially pious people. Okay, yeah, and he was in charge of leading the prayers for some of the boys that we saw in the last chapter. Yeah, um, they do things like lead prayers for boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, anyway, he's been noted as someone who is possibly good to become a priest because he's so weirdly pious, you know, as a little boy. Mm-hmm. One of the two or three people every graduating class who might be have a vocation, and the director which is a, a super meaningful word in the Catholic tradition. Like it's yeah, it's like a um, oh, does vocation like specifically mean that Protestantism? Sorry, does vocation specifically mean the priesthood? Uh, I think it could be priesthood or an order. In this case, it would be I mean, uh, society of. I mean, he, he would be SJ. He would be Jesuit. Um, like he says, the Reverend Stephen Dados as a J. But I think it can also just be the regular priesthood. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's a calling from God. It's a uh, very like it imprints like they, like he says it imprints on your soul. Um, and if you have a vocation, you can't really avoid it. If you don't have a vocation, you can't avoid that fact either. Um, even if you are the third or fourth son and uh, wouldn't be, you know, uh, inheriting any anything from, from, from uh, your parents, um, you can't hide away in the priesthood just because... Um, so yeah, or I mean, you can't obviously, <laughs> but uh, uh, dogmatically, you can't. Um, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a very serious ask, um, or it's a very serious invitation that the director is is, is, is giving him. Right. Yeah. So he like imagines himself because that had been his like secret uh, little. Um, idea for years yeah he like imagines himself leading um and uh, leading leading mass or being at mass some others some like subdeacon role um imagines himself like uh knowing all the all the all the secrets all the <laughs> uh what the sin against the holy 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 ghost for which there was no forgiveness he would know obscure things hidden from others from those who were conceived um, and born children of wrath. Uh, recall the opening, like, uh, I'm going back to the beginning, the opening, uh, epigram from, 
the opening line from Ovid, <laughs> um, and he applies his mind to obscure arts uh, about even about well not about Daedalus. Um, yeah, obscure things hidden from others. Um, so yeah, that, that that resonates back to his uh, yeah, just, just to, to to who Stephen is. Um, but then other things happen. Yeah, and I, but I wanted to talk about something that that came up in my head as a double edged sword. Okay, and that I'm trying to find a line. It has to do with his pride. Uh, and I, if you're a Catholic, mm-hmm. I guess you would say pride is a sin, right? And yeah, like he wants to become a priest, and he because, like you just said, it appeals to who he is as a person. He's intelligent, and interested mm-hmm. in these mysteries, and so forth. Um, I mean, he goes all the way to like imagining his first night in the in the priest in the in the novitus, uh, the as a novice, like a novice. Mm-hmm. He goes all the way to imagining his first night as a Jesuit, and he even mentions, and I an, for an some reason I can't find it. He mentions how. Um, oh, here we go. A flame began to flutter again on Stephen's cheek as he heard in mm-hmm. his, this proud address an echo of his own proud musings. And um, mm-hmm. so anyway, it, I, I was thinking also of his aunt in the sense that it would be difficult, I think, to come out of adolescence as a religious person who was this devoted or that uh, orthodox and not worry or not struggle with being proud because, you know, it's like the Scarlet mm-hmm. Letter book by Hawthorne where how do you how do you reconcile that as a religious society you're supposed to have grace for people who sin and so forth but it's you know but you're living your life so outstandingly and human nature is to be proud and to look down on other people yeah, you, you know you try to do something and then you do it and yeah you try to you know mortify your senses and then you do it and, and other like, people aren't doing that and you're like what the hell how is that natural <laughs> how are you naturally going to respond to yourself um an accomplishment so that's I see something that that seems to be something he was struggling with, you know, as a, as a religious person. Mm-hmm. And then you could argue, and I'm not putting him down because I don't know specifically or if I'm right or wrong, but he he chooses a different path, and that other path also has pride because it's a pride, oh, yeah. like basically of Satan, right? Who just said, "I'm going to do what I want." Non servium, or I, I forget how to say it. So anyway, I found that interesting. Because I think he's thinking um, about yeah, that. There, in there's his, in there's his not head. like a conscious, like logical uh, argument whereby he's like, "Well, I have to do this and that," and um, th- th- yeah, it's not like uh, some 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 logical conclusion that he comes to that he shouldn't be uh, shouldn't become a priest. Uh, but over these few pages, he has like. Uh, he, he remembers the troubling odor of the long quarters at Clongoes. Mm. Um, and, uh, at, at, at once from every part of his being, unrest became, began to irradiate a feverish quickening of his pulse. And yeah, this is when he's like, the, the, the director invites him to like think about seriously for the next nine days whether or not he should become a priest. Um, a feverish quickening of his pulses followed in a din of meaningless words drove his reasoned thoughts hither and thither confusedly. Um, so yeah, very not consciously rational. Uh, his lungs dilated and sank as if he were inhaling a warm, moist, unsustaining air. And he smelt again the warm, moist air which hung in the bath in Congoas above the sluggish turf-coated water. Some instinct waking at these memories stronger than education or piety quickened within him 
at every near approach to that life, an instinct subtle and hostile, and armed him against acquiescence. The chill in order of the life repelled him. Um, so yeah, <laughs> there, there we see this just kind of like, uh, instinctual repulsion to the, you know, the ordered life, the, I mean, literally ordered life, the, the Jesuit life. Um, is that is that below or above where they walk outside? Is that right after when they walk outside and see this the four men? This is after, yeah. Because that's that's a great yeah. paragraph where he sees the young men linking in arms, having a yeah. good time singing. And mm-hmm. I almost overlooked it. I reread it, thank God, because he looks up at that trivial the air. he looks up at the priest, mm-hmm. seeing in it a mirthless reflection of the sunken bed. Yeah. Detached his hand slowly. Yeah. So so they're they're just like four guys just like singing some trivial air, as he calls it. Um, and he smiles at, you know, the, the, the liveliness, the, the raucousness. Um, but yeah, then looking back at the director who just like looks at it super seriously. Um, yeah, the priest's face, uh, uh, seeing in it a, ref- a mirthless reflection of the sunken day detached his hand slowly. Yeah, so that kind of... Yeah, you get the sense almost like if the priest was singing along or was, in, you know, happy or something, it wouldn't have been (laughs) such an intense moment. Um, And I I wanted to also read this part a few pages back where he's uh, remembering his his conglose, however you say that, priest and everybody. Yeah. He said, Lately, some of their judgments had sounded a little childish in his ears and had made him feel Mm. regret and pity as though he were... that's, that's, That's now... He's talking about that those yeah, are yeah, like yeah. the priests then, yeah. Recently, the Lord Macaulay. Okay, Lord but he's Macaulay. Act- okay, yeah. I shouldn't have said remembering, but he, he's exp- it's a subtle event. This is this is before he has uh-huh. the break in his head. You know, the psychic break where he decides yeah. to go the other way. And some of their judgments sound a little childish to him. Okay, and if uh, mm-hmm. he made him feel a regret and pity. As though he were slowly passing out of an accustomed world and were hearing its language for the first time, uh, last time, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. The last time, that's, that's important. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like sensing a change. There's a, there's a change coming and he, he knows it's, yeah. it's inevitable. As he says very shortly after where you read... The snares of the world were its ways of sin. He would fall. He had not yet fallen, but he would fall mm. silently in an instant. Not to fall was too hard, too hard. Yeah. And he, I mean, he, he just, like, imagines um, falling, falling, but not yet fallen, still unfallen, but about to fall. Um, yeah, which is very uh, resonant for <laughs> the, the story of Icarus and Daedalus. Um but yeah, also resonant for Christianity, which is based on a on a big old fall. Um, and yeah, yeah, that 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 certitude kind of defeats all, I guess. Certitude that's not, you know, uh, again, not logical. It's just uh, uh, instinct within. Yeah, the instinct being, like you were saying, the the well. I, I, I see the word mirthless here, like the mirthless future that we uh-huh. lay before him. And like the priest, yeah. admittedly, the priest does say, you know, this is sort of irrevocable. You can't, you have to take it yeah. seriously. He wasn't just, like you were saying before, flippantly inviting him to join for fun. 
Um, yeah. So I don't think I don't think he was. I, th- I think he made the right decision. In other words, you know, he he counted the cost yeah. in in an instant almost when he was walking through the yard, at least in this book. And um, yeah, it's an interesting way to explain it. Like he he just imagines his life if he if he were to continue here in the dormitory and and smelling the fetid smells and everything and having to you know yeah. pray when you were tired and and uh then so he gets he gets home and there's like this uh pretty obvious juxtaposition between um his the the you know uh spiritually chill uh, <laughs> and dry world of the Jesuits and the kind of uh lively fecund and maybe also fetid um world back home the the kind of vegetative um or yeah he, he says he smiled so he, he comes back to his, his 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 father's home which uh is as per uh his his dissolute ways um yeah on like the bad side of town and like um the the faint sour stink of rotted cabbages came towards him from the kitchen gardens on the rising grounds above the river. He smiled to think that it was this disorder, the misrule and confusion of his father's house and the stagnation of vegetable life, which was to win the day in his soul. Um, pretty open, like, uh, juxtaposition there between the, the incense and, uh, ordered life, um, and the, yeah, the, Yeah, it reminds me of, and I don't think this precludes being religious, but, uh, you know, it does remind me of when he went to the prostitutes and he felt Mm. the experience of it, you know, and later on he talks about being able to fail and try and just be his own individual person. It's like just enjoying the experience of feeling what it is to be alive and understanding that. Obviously, as an artist, I think he takes pleasure in that because he likes to explain things to himself, you know. And you you have to go experience stuff to be able to write it down to be able to explain life to yeah. to yourself and other people. So you know, I think yeah. he's not Whereas as constrained. No matter no matter fall in life as a as a as a Jesuit would be yeah there wouldn't be it would be closed you know it would be closed in yeah uh, yeah kind of breathless yeah so the 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 fetid nature of the vegetables that's not a big deal because it's it's outside in the open and he can leave or he can stay or. You know, but at Conglo's or whatever, it would be like a prison for him. Yeah. What What do you think about the 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 scene with the brothers and sisters? That was interesting, uh, mostly because of how they talk. It was yeah. almost idyllic the um, way he explains it. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that, that, that that's I guess what I was setting up. Uh, he comes back home, um, and even though yeah they're poor and his parents are going to look at some other house for them because the landlord's about to kick them out, probably. Um, they just, like, end up singing for hours. <laughs> and as opposed to the beginning of the chapter, where uh, Stephen, or they talk, he talks about Stephen, like, not singing. Um, yeah, here, uh, he waited for some moments listening before he, too, took up the air with them. Um, yeah, uh, so, yeah, he joins in. Um even though yeah, this is like the the reality of life. This is um, even that like like weariness that he's for some reason senses, and you know, we're not for some reason, but that he he, he already senses in in, in his uh, younger brothers and sisters. 
um, the, the, the voice of nature herself to that pain and weariness yet hope of better things, which has been the experience of her children in every time. Yeah. So this is, uh, an, an older, if anything, an, an, an older reality an older, the uh, society of Jesuits was like, uh, founded in 1500 something. But yeah, this is an older, older existence. And you wonder, too, he talks about the fact that he got more advantages as the older kid. I guess because his parents yeah. weren't as bad off when he was a little bit younger, maybe. Um, so he got better education, and maybe he got privileges just because of the... Um, oh, and yeah, he was the he was oldest. Older. It was also... Right. Yeah. So, you know, you wonder, what it would, you wonder what would be different if he was one of those kids sitting at the table, and maybe that's what he was thinking, you know? Like, I would probably, Well, I mean, yeah, he just wouldn't have the... Uh, right. have been allowed the emotion, the, the, the emotional or intellectual gestation to, um, be quoting Virgil and, and, uh, or, and Newman. Right. Um, yeah. Which he talks Just about earlier as being hugely mm-hmm. important. The fact that his reading informed his imagination, you know, um, yeah. and led to this point. So, yeah. <laughs> so right after the quote you just read, the the first line is in the next section is he could wait no longer. Right. And I I was hoping I I don't know how to I shouldn't say this because it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously he would have written it very well. I was hoping that it would not be him just going to have sex immediately. You know, I thought I thought I hope <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't just run and just fuck everybody in the in the whorehouse. You know, as the next scene, which is not what happened. So I was happy because I, I yeah, like I said, it's a, more subtle. A different. It's way more nuanced than that, the way it, it kind of mm-hmm. winds down the chapter. <laughs> yeah, so as opposed to joining the order, there's a very big B right next to me, uh, which is scary because it's like two inches long. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, this is the other path that he can take is going to university. Um, yeah, so I think you to the Catholic University in Dublin as opposed to, um, yeah, going to Become entering the order. Um, there's an interesting moment at the beginning where his dad's into the idea, but yes, his mother was hostile to the idea as he read from his face, yet her mistrust pricked him more keenly than his father's pride, and he thought coldly how he had watched the faith which was fading down in his soul, aging and strengthening in her eyes. A dim antagonism gathered force within him and darkened his mind as a cloud against her disloyalty. And when it passed, childlike, leaving his mind serene and beautiful towards her again, towards her again, he was made aware dimly and without regret of a first noiseless thundering of their lives. Um, yeah, his, his, his doting mother, who, whom eventually he will exile himself from. Yeah, what stood out to me was the line or the phrase "her disloyalty," and your yeah. comment last last week. You explained a, a story, or you told a story about when uh, he was with his wife. Was his wife named Nora or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Nora Barnacle. She, what a she, great name! She did not. She did not disagree. What am I trying to say? She didn't agree she enough. Didn't hate yes, priests. Go ahead. She yeah. didn't hate priests enough, and he wrote a letter about her disloyalty yeah. and. Yeah, you've offended me greatly, madam. Yeah. 
but yeah, that, that, that's an interesting uh, contradiction, or maybe not contradiction. But that's an interesting superficial contradiction, at least, um, between somebody who is very much uh, isolating himself from society and literally exiling himself from his homeland uh, and somebody who uh, takes any, 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 any wavering, any disagreement as, as you know, uh, huge disloyal, a betrayal almost. Yeah. He, um, he would have been any, any... probably at this age, don't you think, a difficult guy to, uh, <laughs> to be friends with? I don't know. It just seems like... He very... was always pretty difficult. Um, yeah, he was a difficult person. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I, I I found that I, I like I found that par- paragraph interesting in light of the fact that you know he had this connection with his father, but more of a I think he cared more about his mother, don't you think? But he 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 had more... yeah. There was a there was a lot of friction with his father, but yeah, his his mother. Um, yeah, there was like a frictionless. Really, I mean, I'm prob- I'm talking a little bit from auto- from from his biography. Uh, Joyce's biography, um, yeah, his, his mother was a little bit, uh, yeah, like I said, kind of like a frictionless motherly love. We don't hear much from her after that one, well, I guess we don't hear much yeah, from Yeah, don't hear much at all. Except from that one yeah. dinner. That was fun, Yeah, the dinner. Um, okay, so d- let's move on. So when the moment had come for him to obey the call... He had turned aside, obeying a wayward instinct. And the end of that paragraph, mm-hmm. the question is why. I thought that was interesting. Why? Right. Um, and yeah, we, we uh, will answer that, I guess. Not not like uh, like I, like I keep saying, not you know rigorously, logically, not not uh, you know uh, some some like uh, argument. Um, yeah, we'll we'll answer it kind of. He yeah, he goes on a walk. He goes on a yeah, walk and he has to a avoid lot of like hearing whether or not something about the the school from his father. Um but yeah, he, he passes his friends and eventually he gets he goes down to some part of the the river or the sea. The strand beach. So how much of the situation with the friends, how much is that of that is literal and how much of that is imaginative? Do you know or is it – am I just being ridiculous? Because it got, it got kind of – Yeah, I don't know. This is, this is – uh, yeah, there's like this weird interaction where he's walking by and they don't they, – they like call out to him and he doesn't seem to say anything back and he's just walking by. Yeah. Well, he even he says perhaps they had taken refuge yeah, in their num- in number and noise from the secret dread in their souls. Yeah, kind of, kind of judging you know everybody around him about, I guess their compliance with, uh, with with fitting in maybe. Yeah, they're just like uh, unavoidable normalness. Um, I, I the line so fluid and impersonal his own mood that all ages were as one to him. He's kind of going yeah. into this dream world where everything is like, like kind of like earlier, where the reading informs his imagination and thinking. We kind of go into that world again. Yeah. Um, um, and then, so yeah, at the end of that paragraph, uh, yeah, um, he's kind of like imagining 
um, you know, an artificer, a fabulous artificer, artif- artificer, uh, like his, like his namesake. Um, but yeah, he, 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 he wonders on the, the prophecy of his name. Um, a prophecy of the end he had been born to serve and had been following through the mists of childhood and boyhood, a symbol of the artist forging anew in his workshop out of the sluggish matter of the earth, a new, soaring, impalpable, imperishable being. Um, yeah, so that's where we've arrived. Um, that is why he couldn't join the priesthood. Uh, he would create proudly out of the freedom and power of his soul as a great artificer whose name he bore, a living thing, new and soaring and beautiful and palpable and perishable. Those, yeah, beating on those words again. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's where we've come to. <laughs> that is the answer to why, I guess. And deadly, De- the strand. Daedalus, wh- explain to me the, the, what's the myth there? Is it the, literally a guy flying oh, in the air? Yeah, the, you know, the, um, is that the flying? What? Well, yeah, so it's like the, the, he gets trapped in the Minotaur's maze and then, uh, fashions like wings to fly out. Okay. You know, like I- I- Icarus and Daedalus. He's a, uh, Icarus's son. <laughs> um, okay. And so, yeah, they, they, um, and one the, of them the, flies the, too the close maze to the with side. the Minotaur. He, yeah, fashions like wings fly out of the maze and then, yeah, uh, flies part of that method, but he eventually flies too close to the sun. Yeah. This was the call of life to his soul, not the dull, gross voice of the world of duties and despair, not the inhuman voice Mm. that had called him to the pale service of the altar. Interesting, because inhuman there could be, you know, that's a very good word to use, ambiguous word to use, because, of course, that could mean the calling of God, or it could mean inhumane, you know, at least the way you could read that um, as something that's, that's not natural. Well, yeah, I mean, God is not a human and is not natural. Okay, but I'm, yeah, but you know what I mean. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's not necessarily a, um, a derogatory way to say it, but it has an ambivalence yeah. there because it's not na- natural to his his individuality. Um, and, right. and so so the Daedalus, the Daedalus myth is, is uh, resonant in the next few lines. An instant of wild flight had delivered him and the cry of triumph which his lips withheld, cleft his brain. So yeah, the the kind of imagery we get a couple times in here of wild flight. Um, yeah, that that connects back to the to the myth. Um, and let's read the line that everybody's waiting for. His soul had arisen from the grave of boyhood, spurning mm. her grave clothes, <laughs> which of course is the completion of that you know that feeling that he had. That whole a while back that oh i kind of feel like i'm growing out of this uh this situation here yeah the the sense that he was hearing for the last time some other language of boyhood of his boy from his boyhood yeah he sees this like image this or not image he sees this, this real girl uh whom he transforms you know, uh, we, we started with the images of, you know, the, the seven different images and mysteries that he's uh, received in the Catholic tradition. 
um, the guardian angels and the Virgin Mary and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then at the end, he's walking along the beach, um, with his shoes on his shoulder, tied around, you know, draped over his shoulder and sees this girl just standing out there who, whom he looks at a little bit too long <laughs> and she suffers his, his, his gaze. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't break the mood by saying anything. Um, yeah, this, this, this actual interaction, he, or not a kind of interaction, it's actual running into that he, he experiences, uh, that he immediately, uh, uh, inflates out into or, or, or crystallizes into, um, the, uh, image of like, uh, mortal beauty or face. Um, so yeah, uh, we, we, we've, we've come full circle or not full circle. We've come 180 degrees, uh, from, yeah, these, these borrowed received images of the Catholic church to how he's, uh, yeah, dealing with his own images that he's, he's creating out of his own experience and imagination. Her eyes had called him and his soul had leaped to the call to live, to air, to fall, to triumph to recreate life out of life. A wild angel had appeared to him, the angel of mortal youth and beauty, an envoy from the fair courts of life to throw open before him in an instant of ecstasy the gates of all the ways and errors and glory, on and on and on and on. And I'm trying to find the section or the sentence where it talks about how he avoids the eyes of the girls when he walks by. So. Oh, yeah, this is very much... Yeah, yeah that, that's from the opening, um, during his course of mortifications. Right. Uh, yeah, he would avoid looking at the, at the women that he walked by, and now he's, yeah. He's proudly, freely looking at, the, at, at some, some girl for too long. Awkwardly long gaze. We, we get an, uh, quote by Stephen where he says, Heavenly God, cried Stephen's soul in an outburst of profane joy. Mm. And then he turns away from her. His cheeks yeah. go aflame. Yeah, well, so... It, it, this also brings back to where I, I underlined it earlier. He's surprised how... Quote... Do, do, do... Frail, I, I'll find it, but it's a, he, he says something like how he's, oh, he's surprised at the frail hold which so many years of order and obedience had of him. Mm. When once a definite and irrevocable act of this threatened to end forever. So this is the act. This was the decision that ended that. Um, yeah. It is, it is interesting how, uh, and of course the reason I think would be he's, well, he says it himself. He He's risen from the grave of boyhood, so... You know, he's making his own choices, and he's decided yeah. that what he was. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't mean it doesn't feel like a like a decision. I mean, going back to the vocation talk, um, obviously not a vocation for the order, but like, yeah, it feels almost like a calling. Mm. Um, yeah, he, he says she had called, her face had called out to him. Um, yeah, it's 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 the beginning of a. Uh, he's becoming a novice, but in a in a order, a personless order, an order of one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So more like, um, well, so there's a question. The question being, what is his destiny? I guess, kind of, you could say, at the at the crossroads, 
when he's done with college. And to one side is the priesthood and the other side is another one. So it's not necessarily a choice, but he just doesn't, he didn't know, I guess, mm-hmm. the future yet. It's um, revealed. It's emerged. It, it, it's emergent. Mm-hmm. Becomes obvious to him. Uh, there, there's a word that was was in the last chapter a lot, where it says, uh, or, "He lay down there that the peace and silence of the evening might still the riot of his blood, the riot mm. of his blood." It, it kind of cre- this word "indifferent" also keeps coming up, which worries me somewhat. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It's like he was indifferent towards his mom. Remember when he's like, "Oh, well, it kind of passed as a cloud, my anger." At the betrayal. Yeah. But then I was indifferent. But also, you know, I, without regret. Yeah. That word has, 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 has resonated a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could find another example. Well, the warm, I guess indifferent air. The way he treats cetera, his friends, you know, it feels very indifferent. Like oh, yeah. That he ignores them. Um, I mean, he Joyce and Daedalus imagine the author as some kind of indifferent god behind the text. Um, that'll be something we'll talk about. Um, yeah, just keep that. I guess yeah, put a pin in put a pin in that word. So I'm looking forward to it being a journal going forward. Is that that's what you made me anticipate? Oh well, I mean, there'll be at the end of. Chapter five, we'll get to there. Okay, it's not all. It's not it's all. A hundred pages of of journal. Okay. Yeah. Is the fifth chapter the longest? It seems like. For me, it's definitely way longer. Okay. I'm looking. Yeah, it's like seventy-five pages for my version. It's probably more for you, I think. Yeah. It's about ninety pages from. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is him coming to. Yeah, his 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 uh, have his like aesthetic vision revealed to him. Isn't the Great Gatsby ninety pages? Like hundred fifty. <laughs> oh, I'm just. I think it's like forty eight hundred words or forty eight thousand words, something like fifty thousand words. Um. Cool. Well, I have no idea what to anticipate here. So that's. <laughs> yeah. That's a good thing. Anything else you want to say about chapter four? I'm good. You're good? I'm going to go shoot some basketballs. Oh, cool. In your own in your it's yard? Still, it's still light here. Yeah. Awesome, dude. I'm going to go to the gym and probably go around the track. It's a beautiful day, so. Thanks. All right, man. Okay. Oh, talk I'll to talk to you next week. Bye. Okay.